Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Can we pray right now? Can we pray? Father God, we thank you for the power of your word. That your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. You sent your word and healed people. You sent your word and delivered people. It's through your spoken scripture, your word, that we are born again, set free. You bring transformation into our lives by your revealed word in our hearts. So Father, we thank you for your word. You're clear about this. You've exalted your word even above your name. So today we lay hold of your word. Thank you, God, you've given us a hearing heart. We're not pathways. We're not stony ground, thorny ground. We're good ground for the word of God. And we declare the harvest hundredfold in Jesus' name from every word spoken into our lives today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Habakkuk chapter four, sorry, Habakkuk chapter two, verses one to four. I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the tower. Only you can position yourself. Nobody else can position you. Again, everybody out, out there in the world today wants somebody to do something for them. You know, somebody else needs to position them. Somebody else needs to open the way for them. Somebody else needs to do the hard work. Somebody else needs to do your praying for you. No, you position yourself. You stand yourself on the wall of the city. I think today can be a little bit of a prophetic day. We're not called city gate by chance. There are always entrance points into a city and the church of Jesus Christ is one of them. Amen? Place of praise and worship, place of love and compassion, place where the name of Jesus is lifted up, place where it's not about us, it's about others. What can I do for you? I will position myself. I can think back to Old Testament examples where God prophesied and said, position yourself, stand still and watch to see what God's gonna do for you. Now there's time to stand still and time to run. I'm not gonna get into that, but the point is position yourself. Look at at least three people and say, position yourself. And then tell them, no one else is gonna do it for you. Okay. I will stand at my guard post, station myself on the tower and I will keep watch to see what God will say to me and what answer I will give as his spokesperson when I'm reproved. Then the Lord answered me. God responded. You see, when you stand where you need to stand, God's gonna respond and talk. I'm not hearing anything, Pastor Jay. Well, then you've not positioned yourself. You've not positioned yourself. Number one, you've got to position yourself in church. 
Number two, you've got to position yourself in the Word of God. Number three, you've got to position yourself in a small group. Oh, now it's really gone quiet. You've got to position yourself in a small group because you cannot do church. You cannot do the Christian life on your own. And this is a gathering. This is not church. Oh, wow. See, church is people. It's not a meeting. It's certainly not a building. What is church? Church is heart to heart. It's connection. And I don't just mean, hey, how's it going? That's not connection. That's a positive greeting. That's not connection. We've not connected at all. We just, hey, you're looking good. That's not, that's not connection. That may be Facebook language. How are you doing? Fine. Awesome. Everything's wonderful. Well, that's why it's not. It's because you need to get past the mask and into relationship. Amen. Amen. Oh, I didn't, didn't really need to go there. The Lord answered me. You see, He will answer when you position yourself. And the Lord said, write the vision and engrave it plainly on tablets so that the one who reads it will run. Will run. When you see what God has for you, you start running. If you're standing still today or you're just casually strolling through life, it's because you do not have a vision. You do not have a vision. If you had a vision, it does something on the inside. It makes you run. Put some energy on the inside. Put some can do. My son had to do a personality sort of thing online yesterday. And there were all these questions. Basically, are you a doer? Are you a leader? Are you a follower? Are you a casual person or a driven person? All these questions. And I know a whole lot of that comes down to personality. That's why it's called a personality profile. But when you're a believer, we're not just a personality. Hello. What are we? We are a child of Almighty God. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're a, a king and a priest who have a calling to go from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith, a life of increase that is ever increasing daily, brighter and brighter. When you see what God has for your life, you will run because it's supernatural. It does something so powerful on the inside, you can no longer sit down. You can no longer stand still. In the Old Testament, God time and time and time again says He stirred them up. He stirred them up. Other times He said, rise up, rise up, rise up. So many times I've done so many preaches on rise up. One of my favourite sermons to preach. Haven't preached it here for a long time. Preached that tens of times. Arise. But you don't find it in the New Testament. What do you find in the, after 
the church was born, you know what you find? Stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. So in the, in the Old Testament, Almighty God was on the outside having to shake people. But now He lives on the inside and He inspires us. And He, st- he stirs us by His Spirit on the inside of us. We stir ourselves up. For the dream God has for you, your vision is yet for the appointed future time. We are a prophetic people. We don't live today. We live in the tomorrows of life. We're always looking ahead. Somebody sent me a text the other day and said, I'll be too old soon. And I need to reply and say, you're never too old. You're never too old. It hurries towards the goal of fulfilment. It will not fail. Even though it delays, wait patiently for it. Now, there's other scriptures that tell us how to wait patiently. The Bible says the farmer waits patiently. Have you ever seen a lazy farmer? Hello? Have you ever seen a farmer? Oh, I planted the seed, harvested in six months. I'm gonna go and watch another five series on Netflix now. That's it. I've done my bit. I've put the seed in the ground. Now I'm just going to wait for the harvest. And yet the Bible says the farmer waits for the harvest. He waits patiently for the harvest. But to wait patiently is not holiday season. It's not casual season. In actual fact, putting the seed in the ground is really quite easy. You plough, you sow. It's the next six months which will determine what you reap. Hello? Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding this morning. It's the next six months that will determine the quality of your harvest, what you're going to reap. Ah, but Pastor Jay, I've got a great education. Now I'm just going to sit back and it's not my fault I haven't been offered a job. (laughs) I won't go there. It will not fail, even though it delays, wait patiently for it, because it will certainly come. But you don't wait casually, you wait actively. You do something. Well, if I can't do anything about mine, go and find somebody else and do something about theirs. Go make somebody else's dream happen. God never calls lazy people. It's just... Fact, truth. Every time Jesus called a disciple, they were in the middle of working. They were out there fishing. He said, bring your boats back, leave them and follow me. They were in the middle of working. Time and time again. If you can't do something about your own dream, which you can, but if you you, go and serve somebody else's. Go and make somebody else's come to pass. What can I do for you? And I'm not talking about asking them to pay for you. <laughs> I heard this, this account once. There was this guy, he wanted to work in an, air, in an airport, air, like an um, uh, airport. Not a big one like Gatwick or Heathrow, just a little one over in the States somewhere. They have them everywhere, don't they? And he just wanted to work there. He wanted to work as an engineer fix airplanes. And he, and he knew what he was doing, but you know, he was an engineer type person. And he went up and they said, we haven't got any jobs. And uh, this is a true story. 
So on the way out, he saw a broom and he picked up the broom and he just started to sweep. And he cleared up and he put the broom and he went home. Next day, he got there at eight o'clock in the morning. True story, just started to sweep up. And he did that day after day and people were looking at him saying, who is this bloke? Who is he? Oh, I'm just sweeping up. I'm just sweeping up, just arranging the tools and making sure everything is all right and sweeping up, sweeping up. Did it for days and days. And then he started to help a little bit, just doing things, nothing engineery, just sort of sweeping up and, you know, clearing up, helping out, doing cups of tea for people or whatever they drink in, I don't know, wherever it was. And then he didn't turn up one day. And he got a phone call, where are you? <laughs> True story. And he said, well, I thought I'd been working here for weeks and I just thought I'd have a day off. <laughs> True story. And he went, he went oh, all right, just want to check that you're okay. So he came back the next day, sweeping around and whatever else. Then, you know, didn't take long, you know what happens. And they asked him to hold this and hold that and do this and do that. And he ended up, he ended up as an engineer at the airport. Why? Because... He did what he could. He did what he could. This is not part of my message today, but it's all good. Look at the proud one. His soul is not upright in him. Last verse. But the righteous will live by his faith. We know that as the just shall live by faith. Can we all say that? The just shall live by his faith. Can we say it again? The just shall live by his faith. Today I want to talk about faith to fulfill the vision. You see, we are a people, and I'm not just talking about Citygate, I'm talking about Christians, whatever style or flavour. We are people who run. We run. I almost thought about speaking on this next Sunday because it's the London Marathon. But I want to start my Acts series next Sunday. We've got some people doing the marathon. Who's doing the marathon? You're doing the marathon? Are you doing the marathon? You're not doing it? Who else is doing it? Rebecca Lewis doing the marathon. Who's ever done a marathon? Look at you guys. Barry, I know, is a number. Look at you. I've done one as well. You've done them as well. Elton and Debs. Wow. Wow. It's amazing. It's awesome. All these people have done marathons. I've done a marathon. I've run around this place a couple of times. That was a marathon. I've raised three boys. That's a marathon. Come on. That's a marathon. Three good ones. Three good ones. But we are people who run. We're people who are stirred up. We're passionate. We're on fire. We're energetic. We're devoted to a vision. We have something on the inside that wants to see the will of God 
come to pass in our day, in our lives, through Citygate Church, in our nation. See, people are praying for the, you know, for the nation, God do something in the nation. You know how God does something in a nation? Through His church. It's no good just sitting at home praying, oh God, oh, there's so much sin and unrighteousness in the ugly out there. No, you'd be part of the answer. Hello? Part of the answer, not just pointing out the problems. A lot of people today are pointing out the problems. Oh, but what about this and what about that? And what about this ism and that ism and that, that ism? And I know my rights and I'm the victim and I, I'm just going there. Come on, stop pointing out the problem and be a part of the answer. And the answer in our generation is the church of Jesus Christ in a location. The local church is God's answer. It is. One heart at a time. One life at a time. One conversation at a time. One act of kindness at a time. The just shall live by faith. Anyone who did anything for God in the Bible, they did it by faith. Anyone who had any sort of victory, they obtained it by faith. Anyone who achieved anything, if I had time, I'd go to Hebrews 11. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Not once does it say by faith they believed. Every scripture says by faith they did something. There's not one, because that's why you got two different words. Faith is not believing. And believing is not faith. That's why you have a word for faith that is totally different to trust. Faith is not trust. And trust is not faith. This is why you have a word called faith in the Bible, which is a verb. It is a doing word. Anybody who overcame the enemy, they did it by faith. Anyone who ever pleased God, if there was anybody that God was pleased with, it was because they did something by faith. Every time. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And anything that is not of faith, the Bible says, is sin. That's heavy stuff. So faith is pretty important, really. In fact, I'm gonna say something which, you know, I absolutely believe. Faith is the most important attribute in a believer's life. Oh, but what about the greatest commandment is love? You will never love without faith. You cannot do it. Because some people, you just got to love by faith. Faith is at the very heart of our Christian life. The just Live by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. 
Faith says, I've got it now when you can't see it. Faith is hearing the revealed Word of God in your heart. And it's so loud on the inside that it quietens down every distraction around you. Faith. The Bible says it's a gift, it's a spirit, it's genuine, it's precious. So many things about this spirit of faith. Absolutely vital to our lives. It's not acceptable to be in doubt and unbelief. Not acceptable for the believer. We're all on a journey to go from little weak faith to great strong faith. But every time you find little weak faith in your life, you've got to deal with it. Got to deal with it. It's not acceptable to say, oh, you know what? I just don't believe God in that one. Not acceptable. Can I say it like this this morning? Because we want to fulfill something. And the only way we're going to fulfill it is by faith. By faith. By faith. See, there is a law in scriptural interpretation, the law of first mention. This is the only scripture that's in the Bible four times. The just shall live by faith. It's in Romans, it's in Hebrews, it's in Galatians. But the first time is here, Old Testament Habakkuk. So we better hear how it's first said. Because how it's first said is what it's all about. Everything else is for clarity. But how it's first spoken is what it's about. Are you with me? Just law of scriptural interpretation. Faith is given to fulfill your vision, to run with the vision, to achieve something. A lot of people see faith as a, as, as a defense. And it absolutely is part of what the Bible calls the armour of God. When we live every day, helmet of salvation, breastplate of of, uh, righteousness. Who I am in God. My feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of wholeness. Everywhere I walk, I bring the shalom of God. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I've got God's word as truth around my waist, holding my life together. I've got the sword of the Holy Spirit, which is the Word of God, that I speak out in every day of my life. And I've got a shield of faith, which quenches every fiery dart of the evil one. Thank God we've got faith to defend ourselves, but faith is given for us to achieve vision. Are you with me today? Faith is given to fulfill what God has for us, which is personal Personal vision, absolutely. But can I say, we need to bring back a little bit of a balance into the church world, I think. Over the last few years, 10, 15 years, I've seen the transition. It went to being about what can I do for the kingdom to what can the kingdom do for me? Hello? I've come to get my miracle. Well, for heaven's sake, get it. And then don't need another one. Don't have another one. You don't need miracles. You need harvest. And from the place of harvest, you give other people miracles. 
See, even scriptures like lay hands on the sick are not talking about the church. They're talking about the believers laying hands on the world. For the church, it's you're already healed. You've already got it. This is strong stuff. Come to academy, you'll learn all about this. (laughs) We have faith to achieve God's will and God's purpose and God's plan, yes, for us, but it's, this is not just personal. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build a big company. Yeah, that's great. That, that absolutely can be God's will for your life, but that's in order for you to fulfill the vision of the kingdom. It's not an end in itself. It's in order for you to be a part of the body the way God wants you to be. Hello? See, God wants you to be successful in business. Why? So you can finance the kingdom. Can I say it? God wants you to be successful in education so you can equip kids. God wants you to be successful in your ability, your skill, your personality, not just so you can be fulfilled. Uh, uh, uh. It's so you can fulfill. Are you getting anything out of this today? Okay. If we don't engage and exercise our faith, we will only ever do what is possible. Yeah. If we don't engage and exercise our faith, we will only do what is possible. Let that sink in. But, and this will come up on the board, when faith is strong, and alive, it's coming up on the board. When faith is strong and alive, we can achieve the impossible. The impossible. Don't live a restricted life to what is possible. Refuse to do it. But it's not gonna be your personality, it's not gonna be your education, it's not gonna be your bank account, it's gonna be your faith that does it. Your faith. Today, I don't have the time. I'd have to do a month on this. In fact, I did. I, I had it all planned out to do a month on this. And then I saw that that means that the Acts series would go all the way through to September. And I just thought, oh, I can't be doing that. So I'm doing one Sunday on this, which is today. So get it by the Spirit. All the stuff that I'm not saying. <laughs> You see, when we run with the vision, we are going to encounter so many things. When you run with the vision, it's not a a stroll in the park. It's a cross-country run. It's not even the easy one of the streets of London. (laughs) That's flat. It's a long way, and it's incredible to achieve it. But the marathon of life is not straight and smooth. You find yourself going through mud and mire, through valleys. You come up against mountains. You come up against roadblocks. Hello? If I knew today 
what I knew 32 years ago when I first planted a church, I still would have done it. But I would have been better prepared. See, people want to be prepared, and it's, and it, it, it's a good thing to be prepared before you start. And the best way to be prepared is to build your faith. Because faith is the answer for everything that you are going to experience in this run with the vision. Faith is the answer every time. Number one, faith enables me to run with the vision. The very fact that I hear from God means I've heard God's word and faith comes by hearing. And hearing on the inside. See, faith is not, oh, there's this faith and there's the Christian faith and the Islamic faith and the this faith. I'm not talking about faith as a noun. I'm talking about faith that is that dynamic spirit on the inside, which means I'm invincible, I'm unshakable, I cannot be conquered. I've got faith on the inside of me. And when I hear God, I run. Something gets stirred up. I can't stand in worship like this when I realise that Jesus died for me and he was raised from the dead and he defeated death, hell and the grave. I've just got to start getting excited on the inside and something stirs. Why? Because faith means that I can see it. I can see it, I can hear it. It's meaning, it's not just a theory that Jesus died for me. He really died for me and I really know it. I cry a lot. I'm a teary person. It moves me to think that Jesus suffered for me. That's not just a historical fact for me. That's a daily understanding that but for Jesus, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have a wonderful wife. I wouldn't have three great kids and we wouldn't have over a thousand in the church. And I wouldn't have seen the thousands come to Christ that I've seen come to Christ and the hundreds if not thousands of people healed that I've seen physically healed and the marriages restored and the kids set free. None of that would have happened. In fact, your salvation might not even be here today. This means something to me. He paid a price for me. This is not just a a Bible verse. It's revelation on the inside. Hebrews 12, verses one and two. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of faith people, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. You run because... Faith is stirred on the inside. When faith is alive, you just got to start running. You just got to start. You just got to start. When faith starts stirring, I can lay hands on the sick and they recover. I just want to find some people to lay hands on. Sorry, put your hat back on (laughs) 
just got to start running. You can't stand still when you know God has spoken. You've got to run. It puts a run on the inside of you. When God speaks and we hear him, God speaks all the time because we've got him in a book. God doesn't speak to me. Well, that tells me that your Bible hasn't been opened. Quite simple. It's really that simple. Because this book is always speaking. 6,000 promises or whatever there are. It's, this is alive. It's alive. It's God. You, you could say God in print. Oh, how does God speak? No, I'm going to put that there and just listen. You could hear anything. You could hear neighbors. <laughs> you could hear EastEnders if you've been feeding yourself with that. And if you're not in this book, you don't know what's God and what isn't. I can remember when I found out that I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Not because I felt anything, because I read it. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. I'm full of Him. Not because I'm a pastor, nothing to do with being a pastor. It's just because I've said yes to Jesus Christ. Will you come into my life? He came in. Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, came and made his home on the inside of the believer. That's God in you. I would have done that way, but she's a lady. That's God. And I remember when I found out I was in my flat, our flat. And I knew it. Oh, Jesus, Jesus lives in my heart. But I found out that I'm wall-to-wall Holy Spirit. That death moved out and life moved in. That sin moved out and righteousness moved in. I do not have a sin consciousness. Oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Absolutely not. I was a sinner. I got saved by grace. And that's your story too when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord. And that put faith on the inside. That put life on the inside. And that same life gives life to your physical body. Faith on the inside. I remember when I found out by His stripes, I was healed. Was, not praying for it, was. Done 2,000 years ago. And I can remember saying, I believe I've received my healing. I'm, I'm, I'm a healed man. And it didn't take three or four weeks and an abscess came out on my lip. A nasty, like a nasty thing. And over 11 months, I had about, sorry, over a year, I had 11 of them. First one on my lip to try to shut me up. <laughs> That's the best you can do, devil. I had them all over. Nothing wrong. It was just an absolute out and out attack of the enemy. Say, you believe you got healing? Let's see about that, shall we? <sighs> but faith 
is the victory. Oh, I've got so much I'd love to say. Number two, I've got four points and I'll just read the rest of them. Faith moves the mountains along your route. See, faith gets you running in the first place. Faith moves the mountains, Mark 11. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. What it, 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 it can say in the Greek is have the God kind of faith. The same faith God uses. When God said, let there be light, he used his faith. See, faith is that creative force on the inside. It is the Holy Spirit, not some spirit force. It is the person of the Holy Spirit that destroys yokes and removes burdens. It's the power of God in action. Have the God kind of faith, Jesus said. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Can I hear an amen this morning? You see, mountains are put on your pathway to stop your vision to stop you fulfilling what God has for you. And some of you, quite frankly, have calmed down and started to climb some mountains. He doesn't tell you to climb a mountain, he tells you to move it. He tells you to move it. The only mountain we're supposed to be climbing is the mountain of God, not the mountain of sickness, not the mountain of poverty, not the mountain of depression, not any of the... In Jesus' name, mountain, get out of this place. Get out of my life. Get out of my family. Get out of my kids. Get out of my business. Get out of my marriage. Get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out. Get out. Be moved out and be cast into the sea. Don't play with the intimidating mountains of the enemy which are sent to stop you in your tracks. There you are, you're running along, you're in your marathon, you got a vision, you got a dream and you're running and all of a sudden, boom, you come up against the mountain. Some of you just stop and say, God, Jesus, do you see the mountain? Can you see it, Lord? Oh, Lord, can you see the mountain? God goes, yes, I can see the mountain. What are you gonna do about it, God? Nothing. Nothing, because a part of your journey is getting the faith strength on the inside to move the thing, to move it. And if you don't move it, your faith will never grow. Your faith grows as you move the mountain. God's not moving any mountain. I know we sang earlier, you can move the mountain. And every time we do it, Sharon says, God doesn't move the mountain. Why are we singing this? And she has a go at me. See, that's why I come over here sometimes. God's not moving mountains. And she's absolutely right. It's God in me who moves the mountain. Is that okay? (laughs) She's absolutely right. See, some people are sitting there, ooh, God, you're gonna move the mountain. Oh, I'm just, uh, God, you're gonna move this mountain. You're gonna move it. You're gonna move it. You're gonna move it. You're gonna move it. You're gonna move the mountain, God. One day, I'm waiting patiently for the vision, Lord. Lord. There you are, you're running on your marathon. You're running with the band up. You're running on the marathon. You're running and you come up against the mountain and you, you don't stop running. 
You don't stop running. Hello? You don't stop running. You just keep it going. Because the moment you stop, it's harder to get you going again. Just saying. But just keep running. Oh, but Pastor Jay, I've been hurt. Well, get over it and keep running. Oh, but Pastor Jay, it didn't go well last time. Don't stop running. Don't stop running. You don't just wait. You start speaking to it. In the name of Jesus Christ, mountain. In the name of Jesus, you be uprooted and you get out of here in Jesus' Name and you speak and then you don't wait and see. Oh, when's it gonna move? When's it gonna move? When's it gonna move? When's it gonna move? God, I spoke to it. When's it gonna move? No, just like the fig tree, you don't wait and see. You just keep running. As you run, you'll find out it's gone. In Jesus' Name. As you run, you'll find out it's gone. Joyce, play something. Play something in E minor with a C and a D in there. Go for it. Put you on the spot because I feel some authority in this room today. And E minor is an authority chord. See, I know my praise and worship. Number three, faith receives my promise from God. See, faith causes us to run. Faith moves mountains. Faith receives the promise. Mark 11, 24, carrying on that same Scripture. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, Believe that you have received them and you will have them. You believe you have received. We got a book of promises. Oh, well, I don't know what to do in my life. We'll find the promise for it and then start believing it and receiving it. Stop praying about it. Oh God, open the book and read it and get a concordance. If it's a healing issue, go through all the Scriptures on healing till one explodes in your spirit. Then you go, that's the one for me. That's the one. Not just, oh Jesus, you can heal. You can move the mountain. You can heal my body. No, I'm gonna find the verse. I'm gonna find the promise and sow it in my life. And prophesy it and speak it and pray it and declare it and praise it. And in between the songs, I'm gonna be declaring it. And in the shouting time, I'm gonna be prophesying it. And what I'm just gonna, that word, it's gonna be on my lips. It's gonna be in my heart and in my mouth and in my heart and in my mouth and in my heart and in my mouth. Not saying, oh God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Thank You, Lord, I receive that in Jesus' mighty Name. You getting anything out of this today? For we walk by faith and not by sight. And finally, faith defeats my enemy. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, be sober, be aware, be stirred up, be committed. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Ah, well, that already gives me great joy because he may not devour me. That ain't, I made that decision when I got saved. I am, now lo- I am no longer food for the enemy. No longer devil fodder. 
walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, in your faith. Resist him. See, for some people, it's, it's news that they've got an adversary. They think everybody should be nice to them. If they don't, they get offended. The good news is the devil's already defeated. <laughs> already defeated. Faith resists your enemy. Can we stand to our feet today? Faith to fulfil the vision. As a church, we're gonna release some faith. We're gonna run with faith. We're gonna move mountains, raise up some valleys. Faith is the victory that has overcome your world. Now, faith is a spirit. So we're gonna engage right now just for a couple of minutes. We're gonna engage right now because faith is something you turn on. Oh, but Pastor Jay, that makes it all very mechanical. No, it just makes it very easy. Faith is activated through God's Word in your heart and God's Word in your mouth. Let's lift our hands in this place today. Let's declare, in Jesus' Name, I have the gift of faith. I have the spirit of faith. Faith which moves mountains. Faith which heals the sick. Faith which casts out demons. Faith which believes it receives. Faith which achieves. Faith that runs. I have a spirit of faith in me now, in my heart, in my mouth. As I believe, I will speak. As I speak, I will see. And I receive in Jesus' Name, the end of my faith. I will fulfill every word God has for me. Every purpose, every plan, every conversation, every advancement. I will please God by faith in Jesus' Name. Amen. Can we give God a shout in the house? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' Name. Now our faith life starts. It starts the day you become a Christian. Before you're a Christian, you don't have any faith. You've got trust, you've got belief, but faith is something completely different. It's this spirit force on the inside that God puts in when you give your life to Jesus. The only person that has faith is the born again Christian. And you get it after you're saved. You don't put your faith in Jesus when you come to Christ. It's completely unscriptural. He puts His faith inside of you. You trust Him. You trust Him. You believe in Him. And the moment you humble yourself and say, Jesus, will you save me? You know what He says? Yes, every time. He will. He will take out the old and He puts in the new. And the new is Himself, a spirit of faith. And from that day on, you grow your faith. You build it on purpose. Through believing and speaking and acting and laying hands and giving and everything else, you've got to do something to build your faith. 
It's not just, well, I've been a Christian a long time. I've got a lot of faith. No, you've got a lot of knowledge. But your faith will be the same size if you've not exercised it. So can we exercise our faith as we leave this place today? Tomorrow, next day, do something by faith. But perhaps you're here in this room today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. You've not trusted in Him. You may have heard the gospel on TV or seen a Christian film or or got a Christian friend who's talked to you and you're starting to go, you know what? I believe this thing. And God's starting to speak to you on the inside. I just can't shake it. This is like, Jesus did this for me. God did this for me. I wanna give you an opportunity today to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Jesus Himself said, you must be born again. You've got to have a brand new start. Got to receive Him as Lord and Saviour. Not just believe in Him. The devil believes in Jesus. He certainly isn't saved. (laughs) A lot of people believe, but it's where you say, Jesus, will you be my boss, my Lord? With every eye closed and every head bowed in this place, just very quickly, if you want to say, yeah, Pastor Jay, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. Just very quickly and very confidently and very boldly. We're not going to embarrass anybody or whatever. Sometimes we'll call people out the front and pray for them down here. But today, all we're going to do is just say, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, just lift your hand in this room right now. If you want to come back to God, God bless you. Wonderful. God bless you. Wonderful. Anybody else here today? Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. That's absolutely awesome. You're responding to God. He loves you. He's got a plan for your life. Awesome. Wonderful. Is there anybody else here today? Come on. There's people that, other people I know, you need to respond to Jesus. Perhaps you need to come back to God. Perhaps you haven't got that passion. Perhaps you're standing still in your Christian life because it's been a long time since you've been excited about the fact that you are a Christian. Is there anybody else here today? Wonderful. Awesome. Mate, brilliant. You're a strong guy. Well done. Well done. Anybody else here today? Come on, I wanna give people the opportunity today. See people come back to God. Is there anybody else here? One last time. Let's all pray this prayer right now. Let's say, Heavenly Father, thank You that You love me, that You've demonstrated Your love by sending Jesus to die on the cross to give me life. Thank You, Jesus, that You died for me. You took my sin, my guilt, my shame, my mistakes, my wrongdoings. You did it for me and You've given me Your life. I receive You today as my Lord, my Saviour, my friend. I wanna walk with You. I wanna talk with You. And thank You, Jesus, by the help of Your grace and Your power, I'll never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' Name. Amen. Come on, can we give God a shout, please?